what is up bros and welcome to the all bros podcast i am jonathan and i'm caleb and i already forgot the damn sam you were just right on this i love it i know his notification dude your notifications freaking rock (laughs) dude seriously (laughs) damn they're they're not even that fast on my phone yeah i know dude like my notifications suck ass because you have an android no offense just kidding oh you can go to hell (laughs) (laughs) i'm sorry man uh anyway um we already said our names right i think so (laughs) okay (laughs) i sure hope so um well we're a couple of bros on a mission to give you guys the most detailed movie reviews out there with as little bias as possible welcome to the all bros uh this week on the podcast uh we got something to talk about with 4k spotlight uh, a movie that me and caleb definitely both enjoyed um is coming to 4k um and then um we got nothing for through the wall so uh, we'll be jumping into our headliner um which we did have to change because we read uh, the dates wrong for a uh, for dumb money. Um, so, oops, doesn't it they, doesn't they actually come out till the end them of- recently? Because like, I think <sighs> they did because freaking. So I watched Grace Randolph's uh, movie math, and she was pointing like how um, how uh, dumb money just had like a really bad uh, premiere and everything. I'm just like, okay, maybe she. Maybe she also got the dates wrong because yeah, this is like the limited release numbers. This isn't like the theat this isn't like the theatrically wide release numbers yet. So mm. I have no life. I just have my phones in my hand at all times. <laughs> Sounds like me. I feel you there, Sam. <laughs> Dude, same here. But I'm I'm like so rarely on my social media anymore. I'm always on ours doing random That's shit. Like awesome. my, That's awesome. Like my my social media's gotten like weird. Like, and I can always tell when I'm on, like there used to be a point when I was switching back and forth. And so like, uh, the all bros social media and my social media was like pretty similar. Yeah. Now I can instantly tell when mine or when I'm on mine. <laughs> Cause I'm dude, just like, feel- Oh, that's weird. And then dude, I'll if it like and be like, Oh, for, that's um... mine. If it weren't for like uh, Messenger being the way that we text each other, honestly, I would just delete my Facebook and just use the Albers one because I don't know. I don't even use Facebook really. It's pointless to me now. So, yeah. But is what it is, dude. It's so funny because it's like that my the way that I message you is on Facebook. I message my brother on snapchat i message brielle on instagram (laughs) i like there are so few people in my life that i actually just text (laughs) dude literally the only people that i text are for work are people people that i work with that is literally the only people that i text (laughs) so yep same but yet but yet like text is like the only I don't know. It, it seems that you think that, you know, you're paying for unlimited, you know, talk and text that you'd actually take advantage of it. But no, I, I, I don't do that. I rarely even call people too. That's usually, all, it, that's it's usually like, also just for work. It's like the freaking bullshit. Like I have like technically I have to use data 
to message everyone in my personal life when I could. And then like everyone that I text <laughs> for work is like technically free because I have like unlimited talk and text, but I have mm. limited data. <laughs> so I'm like, how the hell does that make sense? <laughs> That's phone companies for you, man. Mm-hmm. Um, but shit. Anyway, uh, yeah, I went through the agenda. So, Caleb, what do you say we get started? <laughs> I say, let's do it. Hello, my name is Brucker Nurse, and I want to tell you about my fun horror movie podcast called Autopsy of a Horror Movie. On my show, I like to have fun dissecting out what makes a horror movie scary, what worked for it, what didn't, what types of fears does it play off of. Is it an allegory for any sort of message? I don't know, but let's find out. Also, I like to watch slashers. I'm a big slasher guy, so I'll watch a slasher and do a kill grade for it. I will cover the kills and I will tell you how I would grade it based on shock, method, style points, and a fourth category that is a reflection of the movie. Besides those, I'll have fun with special topic episodes, commentary tracks, interviews with guests, including some Shutter directors, so I just like to have a fun time over here. If any of this sounds interesting to you or you just want to come check me out, please head over to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere they listen to podcasts and search for Autopsy of a Horror Movie. Also, be sure to find me on Instagram at Brucker Horror, where you get fun updates and some cool little posts that I do. Thanks for listening, and I hope that you get to enjoy the show, and I'll see you on Instagram. Bye. All right, well, jumping into a 4K Spotlight, um, we have Elemental uh, coming out to uh, 4K and Blu-ray. Um, and it seems like this uh, Disney is starting to uh, do a very interesting tactic with their physical releases, um, or uh, at least starting from The Little Mermaid and I'm assuming onward, um, <laughs> which is also a Pixar movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that was stupid. Um, but yeah, so like I said, Elemental coming to Blu-ray and 4K. But if you um, if you want it, so I'm just going to really quickly skip over here. If you want to get just the regular 4K here, um, you have to be subscribed to Disney Movie Club. Uh, that is the only uh, way to get it. Um, so that was the same case with The Little Mermaid. Um, so it seems like this is the way that Disney is going, which I'm just assuming it's to get people to um, subscribe more to Disney Movie Club. Which, you know, I'm all for that. Like, I love being a part of the Disney movie club. The only thing that sucks about it is um, so you get a notification every single month about your feature title and you only have a certain amount of time to respond to that. And if you don't either accept it or decline it, you automatically receive the item and you're you're charged. Um, That's so (laughs) it does. Um, And it's happened to me in the past. Um, I th- it was just this past holiday season. I forgot to respond to one for this, like four Christmas classics, uh, Blu-ray set. Um, yeah, all of a sudden I got a package in the mail from Disney movie club. What the hell? I didn't order anything and bam, there it was. Um, dude, that is so shady. It, it should be the other way around Fair. Like, that that's seriously pulling like, uh, Hey, don't respond. If you want us to send stuff to you and charge you money, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's i mean that's how the disney movie that club is, is keeping afloat man i know freaking robbing people uh like oh you don't get notifications that sucks <laughs> tough tits 
<laughs> um, but hey, man, you get a you get a cool ass lithograph with most purchases. So at least there's that. <laughs> That's, that is so freaking shady, dude. <laughs> uh i mean but it's disney are you surprised wish i could say i was uh but yeah so so this is just the regular 4k um modern day columbia house records yeah i think we are (laughs) yeah we are too young sorry sam i have no idea what studio that is um yeah so i said this is the uh the basic 4k um only way you can get is through disney movie club um i like the simplicity honestly um and i actually like this better than the blu-ray cover i don't i don't know i when it comes to um wade and ember uh i kind of like them just I don't know. I, I like the simplicity of that. It's weighed upside down, her looking at him, and then it's just a black background. I don't necessarily care for the background. I think that they kind of stand out a little bit more on like the bright um background. Like the other right. the other one. Touche. Like the first one that we, we showed. I I like So let's go back to that one. Here is yeah, like I, I like the. I mean, Wade d- doesn't, but I mean, Ember pops really well, and fair. I don't know. Like I, I like the. I mean, the, this usually isn't my my style, but I usually like prefer the darker, simplistic backgrounds. But I like something about this one. I think you're gonna really like the Steelbook, then. Um, okay. So yeah, so this is the regular Blu-ray cover. Regular yeah. 4K. Uh, next up, we have the Walmart exclusive. Ooh, and what, I like so, that one. Right? This one's good. Um, and it seems like they're going away from uh, the collectible pins. Um, and they're bringing in uh, lenticular covers. They're bringing back uh, lenticular slip covers. And I am all for that. Because lenticular is so freaking cool. And I wish more studios did them still. Hmm. All right, so let's see. 11 CDs for a pen. Oh, I, I've heard of that system before. You have to buy like six more. They send you a notice on what's coming. You wait unless you mail them back and no. Dude, stri- dude, yeah, this is straight up Disney Movie Club because when you first signed up, <laughs> you got, oh, how many was it? It was like four Blu-rays for a dollar. And yeah, then you were, and then um, you had to reach, so... It was four movies, so four either Blu-rays or DVDs for a dollar, and then you had to buy a certain amount of movies before a certain date to reach your commitment status. Otherwise, if you didn't, you would be charged full price for all of the movies that you got for a dollar. Dude, that is bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) That is the Disney Movie Club. (laughs) Dude, it sounds Uh, like highway freaking robbery. (laughs) <laughs> uh, I'm not that proud to say how fast I reached my commitment status, but that doesn't surprise me for someone like like you that collects all this stuff. 
But I mean, that still seems like a super shady deal. Like that seems like something where a kid would see, oh, four Blu-ray or I get four movies for a dollar and they like steal their mom's credit card because mom's not going to miss a dollar and then ends up getting charged like whatever full price is for the damn. Basically probably like 80 bucks after after tax and shipping close to 100. Oh, my hell. Yeah. So and then how many? So you you had to buy four, or you had to buy like how many did you have to buy? So you had so you had to select four, and it was kind of um, I don't I don't know how uh, like selective they were on the ones that you chose because um, when I did mine, I got um, I got a Goofy movie and Holes, which were exclusively on Blu-ray to Disney Movie Club. Um, I got the uh, Disney Movie Club exclusive slipcover edition for Ron's Gone Wrong. And then um, the uh, Blu-ray exclusive uh, for Encanto. Mm. Okay. And then, so how many did you have to purchase to reach your commitment? I think it was six. Dude, that is some horse shit. (laughs) (laughs) Like... Let me let me uh, double check here because I, I don't want to give you misinformation. Columbia House would send you stuff that was probably pirated quite often. The CD sleeves oh, were damn. blank inside. <laughs> Holy shit, dude, with a shady situation like this, I'm surprised freaking Disney didn't do that. I mean, I mean, it would end up being like pirated versions of their own shit, but still. that Dude, this seems like a freaking like mafia shit. So I listen, we're going to give you these, give you these, these movies. And like, you only got, got to select like a a certain four, right? I think so. Yeah. So it's like, we'll let you pick not out of our full selection, out of this very limited selection. We'll give it to you for a dollar, but you have to purchase six more DVDs. Okay. uh, So it was to reach your commitment. So it was five. Um, so I guess since I committed or I uh, was able to um, get to commitment status so fast, or maybe just because I actually did do it, I got I'm a super VIP now. Um, so the so with that, so I got the exclusive Lightyear version. I got the exclusive <laughs> Thor, the Thor Love and Thunder. Uh, I got uh, Nightmare Before Christmas, their exclusive, that Christmas four pack that I was telling you about, which freaking two of the movies I've never even actually seen. It was Jingle All the Way, Home Alone, Miracle on 34th Street, and um, A Christmas Carol. Dude, all. <laughs> and then, sorry, the fifth one was the original Aladdin, their exclusive. So when. Yeah. Okay, I got to tell you. When you okay. were saying what you did and like how you reached the elite VIP status, right? Okay. All I could imagine was like some shady New York, like mafia uh, leader that's just like, hey, would you look at this guy? <laughs> Let's give him that elite status. <laughs> That's fantastic, dude. Dude, that's exactly like because I've already I already think that this is like a shady mafia deal because it's it's like 
I mean, obviously, they're not going to come like break your legs or anything, but it feels like that's kind of what they're threatening. No, dude, <laughs> like, seriously, hey, like purchase these five or we're going <laughs> we're going to come and we'll we'll find you. Like <laughs> The more that like I'm a part of it, the more I'm just like, OK, yeah, like your tactics are kind of shady and like they're kind of like bullshit because um, so I I forgot to respond to Guardians three. And so they, they charged me for the regular 4K and, and shipped it to me, but I didn't want the regular 4K. So I shipped it back to them. I shipped it back, I think, like two weeks ago. And they said it takes six to seven weeks to receive your refund. Of course like, it does. <laughs> yeah. Of course it freaking like, does. That's how the mafia <laughs> works, Rose. <laughs> this is bullshit. We'll get you your money when you get it. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god it's a disrespect fee (laughs) did i because i disrespected the mouse that that, okay Mm -hmm. holy shit half of the kids in my school were probably part of that crime family Holy shit. I love it. Rose, you were Columbia House. (laughs) Go to hell. Dude, freaking. I know I'm a slave to the mouse. I'll admit it. Holy shit. The mouse is a freaking mob boss, dude. Ha ha. Yeah, and instead of breaking your legs, he just steals your money. like he like whispers to you like hey you want this exclusive thing and when you're like what and he's already reaching in your pocket (laughs) like nah man it's fine (laughs) don't worry Disney needs this money I mean for the quarter that they've reported uh, I'm sure they do man (sighs) is that due to strikes or is that due to shitty business uh it's it's due to shitty business box office failures yeah (laughs) dude i i'm still on team like movie theaters aren't doing as well as they they used to anymore no they're not because for um like yeah uh the um streaming when with covid truly killed the movie theaters because nowadays with how fast these movies roll out to digital people are just like okay i'm only going to see movie the- i'm only going to see movies in theaters that i feel are worthy of paying that extra price that that are mm-hmm. that need to be seen on the big screen um because even if like most like most rentals nowadays if like it's only a couple weeks after it comes out in theaters it's 30 bucks to rent it or no it's 25 to rent it 30 to buy it but I mean, if you're watching it with a couple of people, that twenty five bucks, if you're like charging like what, like even on like a five dollar Tuesday or shit like that, like that's gonna add up fast and you're gonna make that money back super easily. Um and especially for, you know, like smaller films and like I'm gonna unfortunately say like Elemental or like um TMNT Mutant Mayhem, some people probably don't think that those are worth seeing on the big screen. I feel Mutant Mayhem is maybe not elemental. I loved elemental, but I don't know if it's like worthy of seeing on the big screen. Um, 
people are just going to be like, okay, either I'm going to just rent it on digital when it first comes out, or I'm just going to wait till Disney plus. Dude, I think the movie theater industry is going to have to totally revamp what it is. Cause I agree. Like, like I'm in total agreement with you. There are definitely some movies that need to be seen on the big screen. And it's like these big blockbuster films, anything Marvel, freaking anything, Christopher Nolan, anything like all these big names, all these big yeah. names. They, those movies kind of need to be seen on the big screen. Mm-hmm. I think that movie theaters, not the big ones like Cinemark, AMC, whatever. I don't think those ones are going to be affected too much um, as long as they keep bringing in the big blockbuster movies but the little theaters are going to be the ones that get hit and i think the 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 smaller movie theaters they're trying to keep up they're like oh like these people want to see the new shit and so they get i think they put themselves in a bind trying to get their hands on like the new movies for people to see i think they just need to go balls of the wall and be like we're just going to re-release old movies no, and honestly, I think that's a really good idea because there's a lot of movies that I would love to see on the big screen. Um, mm-hmm. I never got a chance to like um, uh, a couple months ago, Cinemark. Um, so actually two, two, two occurrences here. Um, one, uh, Cinemark, I think they do this like uh, every year, um, but they actually were showcasing the original Halloween on the big screen for one night only. I was able to catch uh, the screening at Orem Cinemark absolutely freaking loved it it was so cool seeing that movie on the big screen it it felt like a brand new movie i loved it um and then a couple weeks ago um i think after i saw oppenheimer um fathom events was uh showcasing a core line to uh celebrate uh its anniversary um so i was able to finally see that one on the big screen absolutely worth it felt like a new movie um so yeah if they're willing to dish out these these old movies and put them back on the big screen people I feel are willing to pay maybe not like full price, like, like the 12 to $15, but like maybe just like a little cheaper, like say like you're going to like an evening showing. I pay like eight to 10 bucks to see like the original Halloween on the big screen or the original ghostbusters. That is a dream of mine to see the original ghostbusters on the big screen. The local sticky shoes going to old releases. Dude, they should like it seemed. Yeah, no, Sam's got a point. He, uh, seemed from what I saw. So, after Sticky Shoe went out of business, someone bought it out and called it the Old Town Hub. And like they would do like magic shows. Uh, they would do live like live events there. And unfortunately, just um, they recently announced that um, they just they can't keep it open. Just business isn't doing as well. And so it's being sold to a, a company that is actually going to start showcasing movies again there. Oh, man, dude, my. Okay, so I had this weird experience um, when I went to go see Gran Turismo. So I went into the movie theater at like 1230 and it was like dead. Okay, like dead, dead. So like I I got I went I got there and I didn't think they were open. Like that's how freaking dead it was. It was damn, bro. But I walked in and all the employees were sitting around goofing off on their phones and then they saw me and then they all like got their positions and everything. <laughs> but um, I was walking through the theater after Gran Turismo got out 
And like I went to the restroom kind of down the hall and was just kind of like walking around. And I'm like, dude, I kind of want to own a freaking movie theater. It would be really cool. I know. Like, it's just like I. It's like it has every like single like little aspect that I think would intrigue me and keep me interested. Like it's a lot of like construction, fixing stuff up, throwing stuff like trying to be creative with it and like trying to find those little like ins and outs of like, hey, like what's going to draw people in? I have to get creative because it's like I can't spend too much money to to put on the, the, like this big deal or yeah. whatever. Like I l- would love to be able to just kind of be like, screw, I want to go see this movie and like basically like have a the- I could have a theater to myself if I so chose. Um, Yeah, it's true. And just like other like just random stuff like that, like. It's just like, hey, if I have like a little arcade, like I can go and fix all that stuff. Like I, all these like little different like parts of things that I'm interested in, like I'll kind of come together with movie theaters. Yeah. And I would love to do th- something like that, like run old releases. And I'd like I'd have freaking fun with it. Like I for like the month of I don't know, like the month of March, it's I'm only showing like movies that were released in March. Oh, I like that idea. And then doing the same thing with like October, only releasing horror movies, Christmas, nothing but Christmas movie. Like that's what I would do. Just like thematic days. Cause like, um, my, I know AMC kind of does it every once in a while. Um, one of our other theaters, they have, um, old releases every, they have a different release every week, uh, but you can only catch it on a Tuesday or a Thursday at a certain time. And I'm like, well, shit, like that's how it was with Halloween. Yeah. So it's like, oh, Tuesday and Tuesday or Thursday, but we only have two showings. And I'm like, that kind of blows. <laughs> yeah. Like, it'd be nice if I had like a little bit more time because there are some movies I'm like, yeah, I'd be super down for that but I can't do Tuesday at nine o'clock. Yeah. Like, it'd be nice if you had like a showing at like one (laughs) or like a little earlier in the day or whatever. And I think there's, I think there's money there. Like, I don't know how hard I'm going to pursue my, like wanting to own a theater. I might just build one in my backyard and call it a day. (laughs) Yes. Hey, that's that's good enough. I love it. Yeah. Could you imagine just like freaking pimped out like giant ass like IMAX theater? That would be Dude, pretty if I sick. had the money, if I had the money, it would seriously be like a full blown movie like IMAX theater situation with like a handful of seats. <laughs> like, I think that'd be the coolest shit. Um, but yeah, anyway, talking about my hopes and dreams, uh, allow me to, uh, squash them. <laughs> yeah. I know how much money that, that shit <laughs> would uh, end up costing me. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, man. Uh, but you know what? 
if we ever, if this ever does become a reality, count me in on this investment. Dude, that'd be the shit. Like I'd invest in like the best stuff. Yeah. Like, like say, count me in. Full blown like recliner seats. Dude, let's Uh, let's both go half. Let's make this happen one day. Maybe not until we're into our like late thirties, early forties. Um. But we just need to, I, I, at least me. I just need to get to a point where I'm not living paycheck to paycheck. <laughs> hey, same. No, dude, same. I mean, I, I have, you know, I have a decent amount in savings, but, you know, I don't want to touch that. So still live, I'm living paycheck, paycheck to paycheck. But honestly, mm-hmm. let's, most of America is. Yeah. Um, and it sucks. But mm-hmm. unfortunately, that's, that's why I'm like, learn. Maybe I'll learn to like build that IMAX quality. <laughs> like there speakers and figure out what I mean, to hey, do f- for now the the vr big screen works for- it does it very much <laughs> does uh, like I, I i need to get the uh like an updated headset but yeah just like i i want to keep up to date like just so i can see like how good the the video quality will get yeah because like there's so- some headsets out there that are like ridiculous um in like their their quality like there is one that's so good that it's like this dude he would like like they have these like these haptic feedback gloves for Mm. touching stuff and so i like feel like you're you're touching things and this dude it was like a a model of like a human right and he like went to like touch the the person and so he's like the haptic feedback really helped sell this but the quality of person like it was so like there was zero lag in it so it felt like someone was standing right there that i could like sit and touch and then they did this thing because they use it for like anatomy classes and so they like stripped it of its skin like this this model and he's just he he's like i had like a guttural guttural reaction to it because it was just so jarring watching someone that looked real just lose all their skin (laughs) he's like i I could feel my heart rate rise and i'm just like damn dude like that's insane he's yeah he's like i've gone back to my other like my normal headset because that was like one that was like in testing and development and he's like it's hard to go back to like He's like, don't get me wrong. Mine's still like super high end quality, but it's not that level. And that's kind of ruined my headset for me. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. I'm like, damn. Yeah, wow. yeah. He says that's usually the the case, but yeah. I was nervous about where you were taking the glove subject. <laughs> no, like they have. Yeah. yeah, they have these like special gloves and it's usually with like, um, motors and stuff that are attached on like the wrist but they'll pull your fingers back like because like each of the fingers is connected to a string so it like pulls it back and makes you feel like you're you're touching stuff so like they'll have it with swords apples um but it's it's crazy because they'll like make you feel like you're holding a solid object and just by pulling on your fingers in a in a certain way like with those with those strings that's insane explicit label coming <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean it's wild it is 
really wild what they're what they're able to do. Yeah, and honestly, it's just going to get better from here. So that's true. That's very true. Um, so, so getting back to Elemental, uh, we got one more release, uh, and that is the Best Buy exclusive Steelbook. Ooh, so yeah, right. I, I like that one a lot. Right. So I love that it's you know them them touching, and then the back is a flame surrounding their hands about to touch. Oh, I know, right? It's so cute. <laughs> I I dig it. Right? Oh, yeah, I love the steelbook. It's so good. Yeah, I I like this one a lot better than that first one. Uh, that uh, regular Blu-ray cover. Yeah, the first one I I. I it it's cool, but I think what that one was missing versus this one is one where it looks like they're more interacting with each other, where the other one it just seemed like character poster. Yeah, poses. like I I love that this this is truly showcasing that this is a love story. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. I like it a lot. Right, it's so good. So like for me, the Steelbook wins, and also just because I'm basic, I really like the Disney Movie Club 4K cover fair totally fair um but so that's it for 4k um like i said um we got nothing for um through the wall um so caleb what do you say we get into our main event of the evening or our headliner that's what's called when was the last (laughs) time we called anything main event of the evening what's that been like three years it has been a hot minute, Rose. Probably pre <laughs> COVID, I'm sure. I think it was way pre COVID. Oh, geez, Louise. Damn. Mm hmm. Um, so. I just realized that uh, I never actually said the name of the movie that we were breaking down. <laughs> I swear I didn't. didn't. You? No, I don't think I said Guardians of the Galaxy oh. Volume Two. So my bad. Well, surprise! surprise. <laughs> we're breaking down one of our favorite MCU movies. Ding. <laughs> um. So yeah. So since we couldn't do Dumb Money, um. And uh, a couple things, uh, some stuff came up, and so we weren't able to uh, go check out another movie that we were talking about. Uh, we moved that to next week. Um, so, last minute resort, we're gonna break down Guardians Volume Two. Yep. So, yeah. Um, so, since we weren't able to do Dumb Money, we don't have a question. Of, we don't have a question of the week. Um, so, we'll move that to the actual episode of Dumb Money. Um, so, um, Caleb. Dude, wait. Okay, which comes, dude? I am like drawing a blank this episode. What comes first? Is it is it you saying how we break down movies on this podcast, or is it reading with Rose? Well, it's usually. Oh shit! <laughs> you um, forgot too. Okay. No. Well, because you questioned me on it. Like I know, like the typical order of events. So usually it's question of the week. We can't do that. So yeah, it's explaining how our breakdown system works. That's okay. Yeah, because because then you'll say so if you haven't seen this this movie, Rose is about to spoil the entire. Okay, yep. Now it's coming back to me. Okay. Yep. All right, ready and go. 
<laughs> All right. If you're new to our breakdown system, uh, we have split movies into eight different categories that we individually score to come to a final All Bros letter grade. The eight categories that we score are story, writing, acting, character development, effects, music, costumes, and then we give it our own personal score at the very end. All of those numbers get magically added up and spit through our algorithm and give us a final All Bros letter grade uh, to compare this movie to others of a similar grade. Um, as well as a percentage that doesn't really matter all that much, but the rankings are are pretty fun to throw people off on social media. So <laughs> we continue to do them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, but yeah. So if you have not seen Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, you have had ample time to see it. So if it is, now. yeah, if it is spoiled for you past this point, um, it's your own damn fault. Yeah. You have been warned. They all die. Volume three was an illusion. It never happened. <laughs> yeah. So we will be putting up the spoiler warning. Um, so, yeah, if you choose to listen beyond this point, you only got yourself to blame. Yep. Uh, so without further ado, it is our favorite segment that we like to call Reading with Rose. All right. In 2014, Peter Quill, Gamora, Drax, Rocket, and Baby Groot are renowned as the Guardians of the Galaxy. Aisha, leader of the Sovereign Race, has the Guardians protect valuable batteries from an abolisk, abol, um, an interdimensional monster, in exchange for Gamora's estranged sister Nebula, who was caught attempting to steal the batteries. After Rocket's R- Rocket, after Rocket <laughs> steals the batteries for himself, the Sovereign attacks the Guardian ship with a fleet of drones. A mysterious figure destroys the drones, and the Guardians crash land on a nearby plane, Burhurt. The figure reveals himself as Quill's father, Ego, and he is joined by Mantis, his his naive um, empath. Empath is it? Empath. Empath. Yeah. Empath. Okay. Uh, servant. Ego invites Quill, Gamora, and Drax to his home planet, while Rocket and Groot remain behind to repair the ship and watch Nebula. Aisha hires Yondu Udanta and his crew, who has been exiled from the Greater Ravagers community for child trafficking, to recapture the Guardians. They capture Rocket, but when Yondu hesitates to turn over Quill, whom he raised, his Lieutenant Kraglin Ob... Do they ever actually say Kraglin's last name in the movies? Not even once. That's what I thought. So Kraglin <laughs> Obfenteri, I hope that's how you say it, uh, questions his objectivity object, ob, objectivity, and another lieutenant, Taserface, leads a mutiny aided by Nebula who shot, who shoots Yondu. Um, Taser, or no, aided by Nebula who shot Yondu, sorry. Dude, I am, for how many times I have seen this movie, how am I screwing up the plot this bad? I mean, you're definitely not letting us down with this reading with Rose segment. Well, thank thank you. That totally (laughs) makes me feel better. Taserface imprisons Rocket and Yondu aboard Yondu's ship and and executes his loyalists. I don't know about you, but that scene even back then was hard to watch. Like just Mm -hmm. seeing them like shoved out into space just to freeze to death. That that shit was so effed up. Yeah, real freaking jacked. Uh, 
Nebula leaves to find and kill Gamora, whom she blames for the torture inflicted on her by their adoptive father, Thanos. Groot Thanos. That's a period, Jonathan, you dumbass. Groot <laughs> Kraglin, who is remorseful and never intended for a mutiny, free Rocket and Yondu. Using Yondu's arrow, the group destroys the ship and its crew while escaping. Taserface warns the Sovereign before dying. Ego, a godlike celestial that manipulated the matter around his consciousness to form his home planet, explains that he projected a humanoid guise to travel the universe and discover a purpose, eventually falling in love with Quill's mother, Meredith. Ego hired Yondu to collect the young Quill after Meredith's death, but the boy was never delivered, and Ego has been searching for him ever since. He teaches Quill to manipulate his inherited celestial power, while Mantis grows close to Drax and tries to warn him of Ego's plans. I don't know about you, but like after, after Guardians 3, I, you just appreciate how great of a relationship um, mantis and drax have like yeah dude freaking them saying goodbye <laughs> to each other like that was the hardest shit ever that was so hard Ugh. freaking rough right um so she warns uh of uh ego's plans nebula arrives at ego's planet and tries to kill gamora but the pair reconcile reconcile and reach an uneasy alliance soon discovering a cavern filled with skeletal remains ego brainwashes quill and reveals that in his travels he planted seedlings on thousands of worlds that can that can terraform into new extensions of himself but only the power of two celestials can activate them to that end, he impregnated countless women and hired Yondu to collect their offspring, but killed them all when they failed to inherit his celestial power. Quill fights off Ego's influence when Ego reveals that he gave Meredith the brain tumor that killed her. After Quill violently attacks Ego, Ego per Ego per, per oh my dude, ha huh. Ego per peristal per. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> I didn't pull this shit up, so you're on your own, bud. Damn it. Ego paras <laughs> parasitic pa parasitically, that's the word. <laughs> I thought there I thought there was another T. Oh shit. <sighs> Ego parasitically draws Quill's energy to activate the seedlings, which begin to consume the worlds they're on. Rocket, Yondu, Groot, and Kraglin arrive, and together with Mantis, Drax, Nebula, and Gamora, they rescue Quill. The reunited Guardians travel to Ego's brain at the planet's core, where Yondu reveals that he kept Quill to spare him from Ego. As the Sovereign's drones return and attack, Rocket makes a bomb using the stolen batteries, which Groot, plans on, which Groot plants on Ego's brain. Quill uses his newfound celestial powers to fight Ego, distracting him long enough for the other Guardians and Mantis to escape. The bomb explodes, killing Ego and disintegrating the planet, which drains Quill of his celestial powers. Yondu sacrifices himself to save Quill and dies in the vacuum of space. Despite having reconciled with Gamora, Nebula chooses to leave and resume her quest to kill Thanos. The Guardians, with Mantis as a new member, hold a funeral for Yondu. Rocket and Kraglin are elated as, as dozens of Ravager ships arrive, acknowledging Yondu's sacrifice and accepting him as a Ravager again. In a series of mid- and post-credit scenes, Kraglin takes up Yondu's telekinetic arrow and control fin. Ravager leader Stakar Ogard reunites with his ex-teammates and I... God damn it. 
Ravager leader Stakar Ogard reunites with his ex-teammates. Aisha creates Adam, a new art- artificial being with whom she plans to destroy the Guardians, and Groot grows into a teenager. Oh my god, I struggled so bad. Yeah, that one was rough. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> oh, shit. I got no that's words. Funny, yeah, though. That, that That sucked. <laughs> you did all right. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. <laughs> all right. Um. Well, starting off with story. <laughs> Dude, this one. It, out of all like the Guardians movies. I probably enjoyed the third. Like it was, it's weird. I I think I hold the the third one in higher regard than the second only because I feel in terms of like quality of film. I think that it's higher. This one, I had a lot more fun than I did the first. I, I, I can definitely agree with you there. Um, I feel, uh, I, I don't want to compare the third one to this one, but like, say like, like I am going for two for a minute. Cause I definitely agree with you. You definitely hold the third one to a higher rank. Um, like when you're reading names from other worlds, are you spoiling the English language? <laughs> yes. Yes. Let's go with that. I'm pretty sure parasitically is still an English word. No, Rose. no, 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 it's not. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, yeah, no, that, 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 that word originated on nowhere. Um, so, uh, huh, sure it did. Yep. Yeah, it did. It, it really did. Ask Kevin Feige himself. Okay. Or no, ask James Gunn. He'd probably be the guy to ask. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, like I said, definitely agree with you. Hold guardians three to a higher rank, but yeah, this is the most fun out of the two. Um, I will say guardians three, I feel has a better villain. Um, like don't get me wrong. I like ego as a villain. Um, but just, I feel that the, um, the grand, Oh my God. The Grandmaster? No. Oh, what was the guy's name in Guardians 3? <laughs> well, obviously he wasn't that freaking memorable. No, he was. No, trust he me. was the, the high evolutionary. High evolutionary. God damn it. You weren't even in the ballpark. No, dude. I wasn't. What the hell is wrong with me? <laughs> um, But yeah, I, I thought that one had a better film, but just I agree with you. This one is just the funnest out of the three and that is a huge positive about this movie that's that's not me saying oh you know like the the story the story's not that great the villain's not that great but you know at least it's fun no the, the fun is what makes it a good guardians movie um and i would say the story is actually really really good um the fact that you know uh the guardians are already established as a group and so we're able to dive even more into these characters just makes it that much more of an enjoyable time. Um, I freaking love uh, being able to see, um, especially Gamora and Nebula's relationship um, even more and just how, um, how neglected Nebula was as the sister. She was definitely the runt of the litter when it came to the two uh, freaking the back, like everything that we got for Yondu in this movie is freaking amazing. Um, uh, all the stories for him or all the story for him. Um, uh, the introduction of Mantis, she was such a great addition to the story. Um, and as the movies went on, she arguably became my favorite guardian. 
especially in the third one. God, I freaking love Mantis. Um, just yeah, it's 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 a great second edition, um, and like arguably, I feel like the Guardians movies is like the best trilogy in the MCU. Um, Dude, very so. easily so. Right, like, like it, it has no competition. <laughs> it doesn't, because like, like, like the Iron Man trilogy, I have problems with um two and three. Uh, Captain America, just like I don't like the first one's good. Um, but just I have problems with Winter it. Soldier is fantastic. Oh yeah, Winter Soldier is perfection. Um, Civil War though, that one's basically just Avengers two point five. Half. Yeah, yeah. Um. The Avengers, the, I mean, those movies are okay, but I mean, Age of Ultron is just meh. I feel Age of Ultron gets too much hate, but that's just me. Um, I'll save that, save that for future. <laughs> um, my thoughts on that. Um, but uh, what's another? Uh, even I mean, there's four movies, but Thor, like the first one's good, second one sucks, um, and the third one's good. The fourth one sucks. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, but just, yeah, the Guardians trilogy is the only trilogy in the MCU that all three of them are genuinely good. Some mm-hmm. are better than others. But at the end of the end of the day, they're all genuinely good. They uh, James Gunn truly understands these characters and the fact that he was able to. I think that's what why it is, because it's the exact same director for all three. He was able to handle these characters from the beginning and he was able to give them the ending that they shit. Sorry. Um, he was able to give them the ending that he wanted. Um, and even though this is the middle chapter, um, th- these characters still are taken to great. Uh, they're taken to great, great spots uh, in their character development. Um, some are um, honestly given choices that, I feel are like huge are huge stakes for these characters. Um, just, yeah, just such great character moments, especially between like star Lord and Yondu. Um, just, yeah, I, I can't say enough good about volume two. Like I, I feel it gets too much hate. Um, and, and I, I, I never understand it. This is one that I've never heard too many bad things being said about. Um, it's just the only thing that I've always heard is just like when they're comparing it to like the the first and third, they're just like, oh, the set the second one just sucks compared to those two. I'm just I like, don't know about that because I I, w- I would say out of the the three, the one that struggles most with the villain is number one. Agreed, Ronan. I'm sorry, is not the greatest villain. Yeah, I mean, he was a decent threat, but I don't think he was a great as great of a villain i'll say as great because I, I still think he was a pretty good villain um i don't think he was as great as ego or high evolutionary was yeah i i agree and i think something that james gunn really understood well was giving the uh the villain a good motivation rather than just making him evil for evil's sake which i mean in I'll say this. I don't quite think that ego is evil in a sense. He's not. It's like he's not wanting to. He's a celestial. He lives forever. 
He just like converted his consciousness into something else. And I think with him, he's just grown bored. And so now yeah, he's wanting right. to like spread, spread out over multiple galaxies, see what the world like other worlds have to offer. But I think with him being basically immortal, it's made him very apathetic to life. Cause like, obviously he's dr- like, he like what he's doing. Like Yondu is, is bringing him these kids and he's like, try like hunt, hunting around for something for some cosmic, uh, power and then he's like oh nope and then just drops them yeah and like with it's just like like i said very apathetic villain so it's not like he's evil he just doesn't care yeah and like i can see how that would happen with someone that has abilities and like the immortality that he has Mm -hmm. and it's interesting like to think especially now that we it's like basically confirmed or it, it, it not basically it is confirmed that mantis and peter are siblings that even like the first go around like you you kind of got that that hint that something was was happening there that's but fair you understood he didn't really care about mantis either he just found her useful to him yeah and so that's why he kept her around and so, so I think in terms of like apathetic villains, like I think he's really like a high quality villain. That's fair. No. Yeah, dude, I, I definitely agree with everything he said. Yeah, but I mean, this story was kick ass. Like it, it had its emotional moments. Like I remember the freaking the like when we went to go see this, when Ego made the comment about putting the tumor in Peter's mom or in Meredith's brain. Like, I remember how quick I was like, Whoa. (laughs) Yeah. That mind blown. What did you just say? Yeah. (laughs) And then, yeah. And then freaking Peter going all ham. Like that was the shit. Um, I think my only real complaint with that whole sequence was, they like ego had said like oh it'll take you like a few thousand years to really get this down but he ended up like being able to go toe to toe with ego yeah and i'm like that's fair eh that doesn't quite line up yeah it doesn't really (laughs) add up yeah um but yeah i think story-wise that might have been my only real complaint that no, um, like that's fair because like yeah even just like looking past that just the the directions that the, the characters go um ego as a villain um i'm just I just i'm just remembering like the little things throughout like the the argument the arguments that uh peter and rocket have um that um i feel set up their characters even more for like volume three going forward and just how um even though like they seem like they don't get along that they they actually truly love each other um just yeah just such a good story for a second movie yeah james got knocked it out of the park with this one 
He knocked he out of the park with all three. Did. Yeah, I I remember like I still feel like hold this in as high regard as I do when it first came out. Same here. That that can't be said about most MCU movies, but it can definitely be said about this trilogy. Yeah. And no one can freaking that. And I will go to my grave with the statement that baby Groot is so much more cuter than Grogu or baby Yoda, whatever. Bro, that's a close freaking fight, but <laughs> I know it is, but I'm sorry. Ba- have you seen the I am Groot shorts? I haven't seen the new ones yet. I have. Okay. I, 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 okay. So, but I've seen the, the, uh, the first the f- batch that came out and Dude, I freaking, freaking love those. Yeah. That just like, so, that like truly solidified. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Baby Groot is so much cuter than Grogu. Like those were <laughs> freaking adorable. Yeah. You can't, uh, um, I can't count how many times because I watched them with Christina. I just all of a sudden hear a shout out. He's so cute. <laughs> <laughs> Man, of all the times I wish she was watching right now, <laughs> I would have loved right? to see her thoughts on that impression of her. Uh, I think I nailed it, Christina. Good thing, Stacey. Do you have your volume up high or like, what was the deal with that? <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm, so getting into the the story, like what, where, where are you sitting? Like, I don't know, man, this one, this one cracks nineties for me. I'm not going to lie. This one cracks nineties for me too. Hell yeah. Um, um, honestly, I, I'm not quite throwing it. Oh, she loves Grogu. Oh, oh yeah, says. that's true. I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, you know what, Sam? I'm totally cool if she tells me. Um let, let, let's go at it, Stacy. Let's fight. Come on. <laughs> uh you know, I'm just gonna get her something baby Groot for Christmas, just out of spite. That's what I'm gonna make do. it look like uh Grogu though. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, if only freaking um Build a Bear had a freaking baby Groot plush. And I dress it up in like the Grogu costume. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. Right? Ah, damn it. I wish that they still because I know for Guardians 2 when it came out that they did have the baby group plush. But of course, the Mandalorian wasn't even close to coming out yet. Um, yeah. So damn. Oh, well. Um, But freaking story. Um. I'm probably like a nine. I'm going to go a 93. I'm actually super close to that. I'm, I was sitting at a 94. Hell yeah. Nice knowing you. I'm afraid of her. <laughs> I know Rose is talking a big uh, game right now, but yeah, I'm, I'm sure the second I he am. gets confronted, he's like, I think she's cute too. <laughs> Wait, Grogu is a, a girl. No, no, I, I. You said no, I, I think she's cute. Yeah, but oh, you I said meant, I think I meant she's he. cute too. I meant he. Oh, I was like, wait, whoa! You just blew my mind. Yeah. Um. All right, moving on over to writing. I think if there's anywhere where the it's suffered or not, not suffered. I have this issue with like all the Guardians movies. Um, I think like the the 
the writing is like on point when it hits like the emotional stuff and it has like really good solid lines i think it's just when it comes to the comedy sometimes it may be a tad overdone yeah that i yeah i can definitely agree with you there um like if i'm thinking about um like the uh like the opening um the whole like uh the whole like thing with like Drax not wearing one of Rocket's arrow rigs and oh because like, it like his, chaps his nipples yeah it hurts his nipples <laughs> that joke definitely went on a little too much um what else um there like don't get me wrong there were some like really good jokes in there like my favorite is when he was uh the freaking batteries like <laughs> kept like calling them like because they're like. Right amulax batteries and he's like harbulary batteries and he's like, <laughs> yeah. that's not even close to what i said uh, and then when he's like talking about him like you stole these amulax batteries they're harbulary batteries no they're not <laughs> uh, like <laughs> i freaking loved like that kind of joke it's like I don't know. Maybe it's just Drax, dude. I freaking love Drax. No, dude. Like Dave so his, his, his delivery he, is so good. I know. It, I think what got me was just how matter of fact Drax was, and just how frustrated Peter was. Like I think it was just a mixture of everything. No, that's but how fair. he's just like, no, it's not. <laughs> like, um, I know there was one line that they um did in the trailer that like I didn't think I would just because the joke got ruined i thought i wouldn't laugh but i laughed even more in the movie it's when um they're talking to um oh my god what is her name um the sovereign fleet uh leader uh oh um, aisha uh aisha when um rocket straight up goes you know they sit they said that you people were conceited douchebags but that isn't true at all and then he winks he's like oh my bad you guys weren't supposed to see that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. I like shit like that. I really liked, but I think what, what got me was like, yeah, the whole, uh, it chafing his nipples. Um, what about, I think um, what when, did you, Oh, sorry. Go. Oh no, 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 go ahead. No, I'm cause I want to know about how you felt about, uh, because it's the i don't know if you like the, the it's the faces in the background especially the face that gamora gives but when um they're talking about uh like drax is talking to peter about um ego and all of a sudden ego's just like yep drax i have a penis and you know what it's not half bad and <laughs> i don't know if you remember the face that gamora gives in the background uh, have you seen the face that she gives no i haven't freaking caught that her, her eyes are like so wide it's freaking hilarious <laughs> like in shock that he said yeah, that or yeah exactly okay. yeah yeah it's, oh, it's freaking hilarious because i'm sure she's just like thinking like mm, does that mean peter's packing <laughs> that's that's just that's what i would assume oh, man. um but just, yeah I, like, I didn't catch that um i feel sorry sorry i keep interrupting i'm sorry no you're you're good um i'm just trying to think of like other shit like any any issue that i had with the writing was mostly comedic stuff all of like the heartfelt things were were really good oh i i remember now um taser face i think that his joke went on a little long yeah 
yeah the mm, yeah it was fu- like it don't get me wrong it was funny occasionally but i think it like r- really lost its umph like later on i i would have been f- i wish that they would have just stuck when um stuck with just when rock is just like um i just can't imagine looking in the in the uh like when you're a kid or something and looking in the mirror and just think you you know would be a kick-ass name taser face like the that was great. That may have me laughing, but just, yeah, after, after, even after that, they, they will not let the joke die. And it's, it's really annoying. I think it was because they played it up as something that was way more funny than it actually was. That's fair. I think if they, if I think it would have been funnier for instead of rocket to be like freaking belly laughing I think it would have been better had he just kind of like chuckled yeah, and then him but, be like, what the hell was that? And, and then like that whole situation. And then when he's talking to Aisha and being like, let him know that he was destroyed by taser face. And then if she, like, she just like, I, cause I think her little like chuckle, what like really sold the joke. But I think that's fair. Rocket just guttural like <laughs> like yeah. that was too much. It just so like, you, you gotta have like to those... have some self awareness. Like no, I agree. I think the the issue is like, and sometimes it works. Um, like don't get me wrong, but I think it's just thinking your joke is funnier than it actually is. Like you think that um, like the whole joke with um rocket having to tell Groot, baby Groot so many times that don't press this button that it would get annoying like it wouldn't be as funny but no like every single time that they kept kept doing that joke i felt it got funnier and funnier whereas the taser face joke yeah just the the first time rocket has a really good laugh at it i'm like okay okay that, that, it's funny i i get it um, <laughs> like it's but, not that funny bro <laughs> yeah but let, let's move on let's let's you know like let's either have a serious moment or come up with a new joke but nope they just kept it going yeah um i mean but like dramatic moments though like somehow way like the bat the like the you know that kind of stuff because that that scene between rocket and yondu where yondu is straight up just being like this is who you are this is who you are and you know why i know that because you're me you and me are exactly the same oh my gosh dude that's still freaking like gut punches right it's so good and then of course you know when um yondu is you know yondu saves peter and you know it's literally just apologizing being you know I'm, I'm sorry i didn't do anything any of it right but you know i'm proud that to have raised you and be the dad that basically you you deserved yeah like oh man just that like i and then again some of the freaking other lines from yondu like the like he may have been your daddy boy, <laughs> or or maybe been your yeah, father he, boy, boy or... but he wasn't your daddy. Yeah, freaking okay. <laughs> like, don't get me wrong, I love that line. It's a great line, but I hate social the media is ruined. Yeah, I hate daddy. the internet so much because they yeah, literally all I can think of when someone says daddy is sexual. That's all I can think of. So unfortunately, I'm right there yeah, with you. <laughs> yeah. So whenever yeah, so like for such a great powerful scene 
such an emotional scene, it's ruined because I'm just like, Hah. like you, you, you kind of have to laugh about it. Cause you're just like, I know it's not what they mean, but that's what my brain is thinking. And I freaking hate my brain for going to that, to that, uh, that area or that, that Dude, part. I am seriously hoping that that trend eventually dies. <laughs> I doubt it, dude. I doubt I it. I know, but I'm I'm hoping it does because eventually it's going to get to the point where I think like Iris is eventually going to get like called out or made fun of for calling me that. And it's going to just oh, break my not... heart. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I mean, I hopefully it, it hopefully it either is just not weird because like I am her dad, but yeah. fingers crossed fingers absolutely crossed yeah. but i i get what you Definitely. mean but i mean dude yondu had some freaking like killer lines he like really i freaking still love the like i'm mary poppins y'all <laughs> oh yeah it's so great freaking yeah, that like, scene between him and sylvester stallone's character his his ravager um where he's you know he's he's trying to explain himself but he's just like no you broke the code and that's why you that's why you were exiled from the ravagers that scene freaking breaks you for cuz like yondu did not deserve the hate yeah dude it was weird like cuz you don't understand what that's about at least at first no yeah you don't and like eventually when you realize like oh shit um yeah but i mean good writing all around like it was overall i think i i'll put it a little bit lower than story but not much no i agree like honestly i think i'm still cracking 90s oh same here um I'm, i think i'm at a 91 yeah that's what i'm gonna stick with i think i'm sitting at like a 93 I'm I'm like not are, much lower. You are a lot nicer to this movie apparently than I am. <laughs> uh, oh, that's funny. All right, next up we got acting. Uh so going through the cast list here, uh we got Chris Pratt who played Peter Quill slash Star Lord, Zoe Saldana who plays Gamora. Dave Batista, who plays Drax the Destroyer. Uh, Bradley Cooper, who plays or, or who does the voice for Rocket Raccoon. Vin Diesel, who did the voice for Baby Groot. Uh, Kurt Russell, who played Ego. Oh, geez, I don't know how to say her name. Palm Clementif. I think it's Clementif. Clementif. Uh, who played Mantis. Karen Gillan, who plays Nebula. Michael Rooker plays Yondu. Sean Gunn plays Kraglin. And then Chris Sullivan plays Taserface. All right. So what's your uh, what's your top three looking like? Um, number one, I got to give to Michael Rooker as Yondu. Um, absolutely fantastic. Um, I'm honestly still sad that this was his last movie, but he went out on such a high note and um, just, he, he's so good as Yondu. Um, like don't remember, I, I loved him as Yondu in the first one, but I feel that didn't, he didn't really have as huge of an impact on me um, as he did in volume two. Cause after we walked out of this movie, he he was my favorite character of the movie. Um, 
and just yeah from the emotional beats that he had to hit um learning about his more of his character um his past with peter and just everything that he he did to basically save peter from ego um so so good um so yeah michael rooker number one um number two um Honestly, too, I'd probably give to Bradley Cooper as Rocket. Um, once again, um, he was absolutely fantastic. Um, he knocks it out of the park every single time with Rocket, and um, th- this time was no exception. Um, absolutely loved his character. Um, and um, I, I, Rocket's story f- definitely comes full circle in the third one, um, but we're, we're definitely um, given more information in this one. Um, to uh, I guess piggyback off of what we were given in Volume One, um, which I which I always love love learning uh, anything about Rocket and when his in this when his full backstory comes to fruition in, in the next installment, freaking gut punches you so bad. Um, but just what we get here with Rocket is fantastic, and Bradley Cooper is incredible as him in this. Um, and number three. Um, what did I give to number three? three? I'd probably give to Zoe Saldana. Um, Gamora loved her in this. This is, I think, her best performance as Gamora. Um, it is unfortunate what happens to the character um, in Infinity War. I get it as a character. It makes sense for her for her being sacrificed. Sorry, spoiler alert for Infinity War. Uh, <laughs> oops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, we didn't give a proper warning for that, Rose. Sorry. Okay, but if you if you people haven't seen Infinity War, like, come on. Yeah, what are you that, doing at this? Yeah, point? Yeah, like, the, I don't know. That that's just me. Um, but yeah, th- this is the best um she's ever been as this character. Um, just uh all of literally her scenes with Nebula, her scenes with Peter, um, just everything, just so so good here. Um, to the point that actually, you know what? Now that I'm thinking about it, I'm gonna sw- I'm gonna switch my two and three. So I'm sorry, Zoe Saldana is number two, Bradley Cooper's number three, because I I I'm re- I truly remember I'm wow, I'm remembering how much I love her character so much in this movie and just how that like like I've driven home that this is the best that Gamora has has been and unfortunately the best that she was when it came to this version of Gamora. Uh, I like, I love Zoe, Zoe Saldana um, as Gamora in, you know, uh, volume three, but it's not the Gamora that we fell in love with in volume one and volume two. Um, but you know, it, it, it worked for what they did in volume three. And I was completely fine with the direction uh, they took her with. Cause still you get some sweet moments with her, but where she's taken with in this one, is so good. It's so fantastic that I have to give her number two. So like I said, switching two and three. So she's two now. Bradley Cooper's number three. Okay. Um, oh, shit. Bless you. That snuck up on me. <laughs> um, all right. My number three. Oh, gosh. Yeah, my number three, I'm going to give to Michael Rooker. And this has nothing to do like this order. Like these, these three are so close. It's not even funny. Um, but yeah, I'm giving Michael Rooker my number three. I freaking love him in this role. 
I thought he was so much fun as just a character. And like, I, I, I liked him a lot in the first one. Um, like I thought he was really cool, but I was, I was like with you, like I thought he was cool, but I didn't really think too much of him until like, obviously that final scene where he's like using his arrow on everybody. Like I thought that was freaking sick. And in this, we get a scene that's equally, if not better than that, than that scene. Dude, I would say it's way better. And the song choice. Oh, my God. Don't get me started. Dude, I cannot wait to talk about the soundtrack. Yeah. Oh, so um, yeah. So I, I loved. Everything that he was able to pull off like he. I think like I have issue with people that are a little bit more on the gruff side, trying to portray deep emotional moments. But I think he freaking killed it. Um, yeah, he did a, an amazing job with um, the the emotional moments and being like that hard, tough, gruff. Like it didn't feel out of place. Like I feel like that's an issue that I, I have with a lot of the people that are like a little bit more on the gruff side. When they go for emotional, it's either like overly emotional or just like a very emotionless uh, scene, but he was able to give like full, like deep emotion in his performance. And I, I freaking loved it. Uh, my number two, I think I'm going to give to Palm. I thought she was so much freaking fun, dude. She was adorable. <laughs> Best way to describe her like i thought she's so funny she like is ridiculously funny but the way that drax like tricks her into like petting rocket and then when rocket bites her her the sadness in her eyes like made me want to freaking cry it was but she like so much freaking fun and like I loved every time she was like touching Drax, like whenever he was laughing and like just laughing right along with him. Like they made such a perfect duo. And I freaking love her. She is she's amazing. Like I she could have easily like come off as like an annoying character, but she didn't. Like she she absolutely sold her role. Agreed. Uh, and this just ties into my number one. I'm giving it to Dave Batista. <laughs> All right, that's fair. I, I like it. I love Dave Batista in this uh, this iteration. Like so, so freaking good. Like, oh, man, I. It's hard to come up with like what like a spe- specifics on why I, I loved him so much, but it's just like this, just random shit. Like it, this, I I want to make sure I'm not getting this confused with the first, but this is the one where he sit like talks about dancing. Uh yes yeah th- yeah that's this one. Okay okay good. I I thought at first second it might have been the first, but yeah dude, I'm um, remembering this scene that you're talking about. Yeah, I love how he's talking to to 
uh, Star-Lord and just talking about like how he's like frail and feminine because he dances and Gamora's like a hardened warrior. So she doesn't. And then he just he starts talking about his his long lost wife um, and then just saying like she could hear the most mo- melodic music that you can imagine. She wouldn't even tap her. <laughs> i don't know why i freaking love that line delivered no, so much the fact that he's just like many would think that she was dead <laughs> it's so good it's so good oh man and then uh oh freaking hell like when <laughs> mantis comes into his room and he's just like like gagging i'm just thinking about being with you physically <laughs> like oh, good lord you're horrifying <laughs> like <laughs> oh, it's so good it's so good i know and then like it was everything like i can't think of a single thing about drax in this that i disliked he Dude, was the, right. the shining grace for it. And then like not even like the comedic moments, like getting into his more emotional side. Um like his yell when he's talking to Rocket when they're like leaving Peter on the planet. Or that's like what they think is happening. Like his yell like for Rocket is just like chilling. Agreed. That shit's heartbreaking. Yeah. So, like, he freaking delivered some emotional gut punches, too. So, I, yeah, have to give it to Dave. I freaking love him. Yeah, completely understandable. Great, dude. Great list. I love yours. Yeah. Um, all right. What, what are you giving acting? Dude, like everyone just freaking brought their A game and just the acting is so freaking good here. Like I don't have I rarely have problems with anyone. Um like even like um even though you know like the joke goes on for so long, I feel even though he's a joke, Taserface actually isn't that bad. Um like, <laughs> no, not even a little bit. Yeah, like the, the, the Taserface guy... joke wasn't his fault. No. But the actual character is actually really good. And the guy that portrayed, what was his name that portrayed him again? Uh, Chris Sullivan. He did fantastic. Um, so, you know, I'm going to go with 96. Honestly, I'm right there with you. I th- Hell yeah. The only people that brought this down for me were the Sovereign. But they weren't too significant of a role in this for me to dog it too much that's fair yeah like they're definitely keeping me from putting it any higher than 96 yeah but i think the main cast does well enough to deserve the the 96 yeah but yeah fantastic freaking uh uh cast here all right next up we got character development which for this, this is again one of uh, Peter's stories. Yes, definitely. Um, <clears throat> this is 
one where I feel like he, man, like it, it's hard to to rate this one. That is fair. Um, I I don't know because like you you know through you know he he meets his uh, his real dad. You know they have they get along great have a great connection you know are having some really good father-son time um and all of a sudden it turns out oh hey i killed your mom um and so it feels like he he starts at square one um and then by the time the movie ends he's kind of back to that because um not only does his real dad turn out to be an asshole but he freaking loses um the only uh guy that actually felt like a dad to him um so i don't know if there's really that much character growth in this for peter quill and i'm not and i'm not saying that's a bad thing um because the the events that unfold make sense and there's under it's understandable why i feel he goes but goes from square one back to square one um so like i don't know i can't it's it's not a horrible character development, but just there's not a lot I feel for Peter in this movie. Yeah, I I think the biggest thing with this is moving like coming from the first, like he has kind of internally resolved his mommy issues, like that feeling like he abandoned his mother, mm-hmm. like he kind he kind of dealt with that and grew to grew with this family in the guardians. I think where with this one, he was dealing with more paternal issues and kind of being like, I think it was like a mixture of dealing with like being coming the leader of the guardians or being the leader of the guardians, uh, whether officially or unofficially, um, then yeah dealing with like the paternal uh void that he's been feeling and i think once he like gets a taste of that like you kind of see that he doesn't want to accept what gamora told him about like a the freaking mass grave of other like other of ego's children and like you kind of see that that's an issue and then he like has to like when he faces off against his his dad you see like there was kind of a struggle for him to start facing off against his his father until he revealed like made the reveal about uh his mom yeah and then once that was revealed it was freaking game on yeah and (laughs) i think they i won't say they like rushed it but i think it was very quick for them to be like yondu's the like the dad i never had that's fair i I will i will admit um like just thinking about it um over the past couple years since this came out it does feel a little rushed um it does kind of come out of left field it makes sense you know the, the way that it comes to a conclusion the way that they explain it but yeah, it, it definitely kind of just comes out of nowhere. Yeah, I mean, not like completely out of nowhere, because I feel no, like they touched fair. touched on it in the first a little bit. True. Because like, everyone's like giving uh, Yondu a hard time about going easy on Peter. 
or like taking it easy. And then same thing with this one. He, they start a freaking mutiny because he, um, goes easy on Peter. Very good point. So it's like, yeah, you, you get, you get those vibes from Yondu's perspective. You don't really get them from Peter's. Yeah. So if, if there's anywhere in this that I feel suffers quite a bit and I think I, I don't have the scores like pulled up, but I, I'm, I'm pretty sure this was, this might've been the case with, uh, volume three. I think character developments where this, uh, kind of took a little bit of a, a dive. Hmm. Yeah. Not much though. Cause I feel like they had enough growth for everyone to kind of make up for the, the lack of with the with Peter, I think That's Gamora right. had had some decent growth with uh, with Nebula. Yes, definitely. Um, Drax had some decent growth with uh, with Mantis. Um, like I, I love their whole discussion about being ugly and and everything, and then kind of rocket with with Yondu. Like if I mean, if there's any guardian that didn't get any, it was probably Groot. <laughs> yeah, which makes sense. Like, yeah, understandable. Yeah, he, so, they made up for it with cuteness. Yeah, they absolutely did. Um, but yeah, personally, I, I, I didn't. This was above average, but I think this is definitely the lowest category for me. Um, so I'm probably sitting around an 84. No, I think I'm going to match you because I was going to do an 85, but I'm just like, eh. with what everything that you said. Yeah, I, I, I got to go just a little lower. All right, moving on over to effects. These weren't half bad. Um, yeah, there I- were definitely some like crazy CGI shit. Fair. Um, I mean, I'm, for the most part, it looked really good. Yeah, I mean, it didn't. It didn't look completely out of place. There was definitely thing like I think it was just more odd than anything. Like the whole Peter turning himself into a giant Pac Man. Like that was yeah, that was that, weird. <laughs> I felt like something that belonged in pixels, but that's me. a little bit, yeah. <laughs> um, which is weird because it's like that felt odd but like the full like when you zoom out onto ego and you see the giant face in the planet that looked really good that is true yeah um i mean the space travel looked good like it was very on par with uh like the mcu quality at least at that time yeah like the good side of it (laughs) yeah i think it was once it started getting past this point that it started getting a little funky yeah, because it was this and then it went into Thor Ragnarok, right? Yep. Yeah. And then right before this was Doctor Strange. And Doctor Strange was actually that had really good special effects. Yeah, I, I felt Doctor Strange was. How incredible. the hell did we go from the special effects in the first Doctor Strange to the ones in the second one? And just how the one in the were... second one wasn't like horrible. No, it wasn't horrible, but just like I'm just reminded of that eye, dude. That that looks so that bad. That eye was horrid. Yeah. 
Did you see uh, the um the like it's I think that they came out and said that um Marvel VFX artists have officially decided to unionize. Freaking good. Yeah. <laughs> like seriously. They deserve better pay and they deserve to give, be given actual proper time to get this shit done. Mm-hmm. I will take higher quality stuff over a longer period of time. Agreed. Like Agreed. any day of the week. Yeah. Like unless you want to freaking batch out some shows like I'll, I'll take a I'll take a lower quality show as long as it's written well. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Like in ter- like special effects wise is what I'm talking about. Like in no, no, I get you. Lower quality. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So this was, I think, this was the uh, the last great CGI. That that's fair because I mean, yeah, Rocket looked great, Groot looked great. Um, freaking, I I mean, I don't know how easy or like how hard it was to do. Um, but like that scene where uh, Yondu is using his uh, arrow to take out all of those. Um, oh, my God. They're not Ravagers. What are they? No, they were Ravagers. They, they were, were just the okay. ones that were mutinous. Mutant. OK. Uh, when he's using it to um, take out all of his uh, fellow Ravagers, just like I, I, like I said, I don't know how hard of an effect that was. But that shit looks so crisp, so clean, so freaking cool. And like when it's passing through one of them in slow mo, just coming through his chest, that shit looks so cool. Yeah, it looked freaking sick. Um, yeah, no real issues effects wise. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd say I'm I'm still probably in the in the eighties here. I'm in the high eighties for sure. That's but fair. I don't think I quite crack nineties. That, that, that's, yeah, I can agree with that. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm like probably at like an 88. Yeah. I think I was leaning more towards like an 89. I'll give it an 89. Um, but yeah. All right. Next up music. I will fight uh, you for a 10. Oh, I have no issues giving it a 10. (laughs) (laughs) This soundtrack was banging, dude. Seriously. Um, like I can't decide if this or volume three is my favorite, but I definitely liked this better than volume one when it comes to soundtracks. Okay. That's a, that's a bold statement. Um, I know I'm giving, in order of like great soundtrack, I'm giving this one number one. I'll give the first one number two and then the third one three. Wow. Wow. No love for volume three. What the hell? That is bullshit. And you know it. <laughs> I have nothing but love for volume three. Uh, uh, yeah, but I did. This one was freaking st- like the bomb.com dude it's so good like i i have more like in the, this is the reason that i i put it in that order i have all of volume two saved i have a majority of volume one saved and i have a couple of volume three saved okay so i so have that's that's the the reasoning behind my uh <laughs> that's that's fair 
Uh, I mean, so yeah, I'm with you. I have all of volume two saved. Um, I have all of volume three saved too as well. Um, but yeah, only a couple of volume one. So like, I, I guess if I'm being for how much I love volume three, I probably would still put volume two at number one. Um, the volume three would definitely go, uh, number two and then volume one for me at number one. Or no, at least sorry, you can volume be one at number yourself. <laughs> hey, shut up. Dude, like the like I know we're talking about volume two, but like the because I am so grateful with volume three that I did not look up what the soundtrack was going to be before I saw the movie. Because when they started playing Dog Days Are Over at the end, I'm just like, okay, you're going for this song. And it just kept getting more it just it just kept getting more perfect and perfect for the scene. And I'm just like, James Gunn, how did you make this song work so perfectly for a send off to the guardians? Um, just, it's so perfect. Um, Dude, you want to hear a freaking hot take? I hated that song before volume three. <laughs> Real, I know a lot of people did. I, I loved it. I've always loved that song. Um, but I can understand why I, I completely get it. Yeah, Brielle loved that song before. And so she was super excited to see that it was in the movie. Um, but yeah, that was one that's like it started playing and I was like, ah, and damn that. Yeah, like when it started playing, I was just like, well, shit, like. Way, way to, to ruin my leave ending. off on. a Yeah, way to ruin, ruin the ending. And it actually ended up being like a freaking banger. Like, I actually really appreciate that song now but only Thank under the context you. of the ending of volume three. <laughs> I have tried listening to it outside of volume three. I can't do it. <laughs> really? Ah, made me love that song even more. Um, but yeah, getting back to volume two. Yeah. Freaking. Um, I'm trying to remember all the songs. Um, Lakeshore drive. Love that song in this. Um, it's, it's not played that much though. I wish it was. Um, it's literally being taken off as uh it's literally being played as um they are um what is it uh they're taking uh nebula to so it's after they uh give the um am, is amulax batteries yeah yeah after they give the amulax batteries <laughs> i was gonna say it actually they're harbulary batteries oh, <laughs> You should have, man. You should have. No, freaking hilarious. I, I missed opportunity. I yeah. just, like I already started answering you as it was like coming up. I'm like, no, damn. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, so after they they give back the um, Amulax batteries and they get Nebula and they're taking her um, to where did they say that they were taking her? I can't remember. I think they were just trying to keep her with. That's, that's oh no, was. she was going to take her to Nova. That's what it was. Um, and so that song's playing as like freaking it's like showing baby Groot just like looking out the the back window at the freaking um sovereign um so not sovereign planet uh sovereign I don't like know the fleet the yeah sovereign fleet um and it's a really cute moment I just love that song um you got that freaking come a little bit closer that's playing when freaking Yondu is just destroying all the ravagers with his arrow and walking in slow-mo with a rocket and baby group by his side. So freaking good. Um, just there's so many good songs, freaking Fox song. Isn't Fox on the run playing when it's, um, 
Ego and uh, Star Lord fighting. I think that. I want to say yes. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah, I, I, I could honestly, I could probably listen to the soundtrack and tell you where the scenes are or what the scenes are. Like it's that freaking iconic. Yeah, it's so so good. Um, yeah, ten ten out of ten. Like that, there was no freaking question. Like I was about to. Like when we were getting this set up, I was just like, might as well just fill this in now. Like, there's no, no dude, question seriously. about it. <laughs> like, even though volume one is my third favorite soundtrack, it still gets a 10 out of 10. All mm-hmm. volume, all Guardians movies get a 10 out of 10 for their soundtracks. The way that James Gunn works in these songs to benefit the story and just how it, it works so well with the scene, I feel it's, it's, it's honestly a craft how he's able to do this. And oh yeah, it it just adds to the scene so much more. Dude, have you ever listened on Spotify to his uh, Meredith Quill awesome mix? No, I haven't. It's a friggin' it's a banger. Yeah, okay, I'll check it out. Yeah, so he had like every song that he he feels Meredith Quill would have had on uh like repeat or like a copy of he put in this playlist, and it it freaking rocks okay yeah okay yeah i'll definitely have to check that out that's awesome yeah anytime i'm in a mood for like not my normal type of music but just kind of i want something playing like i'll I'll usually throw that on like i have it saved and everything it's freaking fantastic i like it hell yeah all right next up we got costumes this is a tough one that's fair, because um, um, I know I pointed out to Caleb before we started recording, like the biggest standout for me is that in this Yondu actually gets like the classic like fin. It's not like the like, like just like the flat uh, fin that it is in the, the first one. It's like the full on like sw- swooped up fin in this and it's freaking great. I love it. Um, but like other than that, there's really no big standout standouts i mean i guess you know like with mantis and the introduction to her you get her new costume um but you know the guardians are wearing basically the same stuff that they wore in the the first one um only thing different about star lord is now he has a longer jacket it's more of like a trench coat instead of his leather jacket i guess um yeah, but I mean, even like in combat, he wasn't even wearing that. He was wearing the the long sleeve, like gray T-shirt. That's true. Yeah, that yeah, that's very true. Which I mean, even like that is in its own right an iconic look because you can see someone wearing that out anywhere and be like, "That's freaking Peter Quill." Yeah, easy. Um, yeah. No, so I mean that that's one of those costumes that was like it was tricky for me. Um, that's fair Drax really didn't have anything I mean other than him being shirtless but I mean that's just the iconic Drax look Gamora didn't really have anything too special literally the only thing that changed about Rocket is um like literally the exact same costume but instead of like the main colors being orange they're blue this time yeah that that's really it (laughs) Yeah, so it this one's like hard to to rate. So like I put this on the same level as the first. That yeah, that I I can definitely agree there. 
Yeah, I mean it's iconic enough because I mean you got Yondu is the is freaking carrying the weight of this team on the sh- on their shoulders. Um, I mean you got some cool Ravagers. Um, I think uh, Sylvester Stallone's Ravager outfit was pretty bitching. That's fair. I can I can. But I mean you can't really weigh him in too much because I mean he was just such a small part. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think this is somewhere, I think I'm like maybe an eight. Like, I, yeah, I can agree with you. Yeah. I mean, I can be talked down to a seven if I don't know. I, I feel that, um, I don't know, to me, Yondu's Finn, that, that just, that really brings me up to an eight just cause it, it, it's so comic accurate and it just makes me, it put a huge smile on my face and I, I I don't know for that alone that pushes me to an eight. Fair. All right. Last up, we got our own personal scores. Who do you want to take this one? You're leading this one. You you pick. All right. Let's have you do this one. Okay. This is easily one of the best sequels to come out within the MCU. I love this movie to death. Um, one of the big things that I have, especially when it comes to like MCU or something I find that's hard to come back to is the origin. And that's usually what the first movie is. Um, it's usually an origin and that's exactly what that was. It, it was an origin to the team. And like, don't get me wrong. It was good, but if I'm going, I'm going to, I always kind of, lean more towards watching the uh the film where they're already kind of established like and it, it's weird because like and this is like can be said with like any of the the franchises like i'm i'm more inclined to watch age of ultron versus the avengers and the, and if, really? listen, listen, hold up, hold up. I see you judging me. Um, Just a little bit. No, the reason that I I'm more inclined to is because the Avengers are already established as a team. Avengers kind of built up to it, but it, like I like to see them fight as a team, and I, Age of Ultron is going to give me that. Same thing with like. Iron Man. I I'm probably going to watch Iron Man 2 over Iron Man 1. I know Iron Man 1's a better movie, but Iron Man 2 is an established Iron Man. Also, I feel Iron Man 2 gets way too much hate. Iron Man 2 is not bad. It's not, not. not as bad as people think. Iron Man yeah. 3 is meh, but I honestly hate Iron Man 3. <laughs> I won't say I'm I hate be, it, but I'm going to be honest right here. But really yeah, quick, but, sorry, I just want to. Can we just touch upon that? It's kind of bullshit that we only actually got to see the Avengers, like, reass. I don't know, like reassemble fully as a team in just two movies. We only got to see them actually assemble as a team in two movies, like the OG six. They never assemble in Infinity War, and they never assemble in Endgame. Technically. Or, oh, well, I guess they technically do, and yeah, but bit. it's not like combat. Yeah, it's, it's more just. The, it's not the same. Yeah, not yeah. quite. That makes me. Yeah, sad. it is bullshit. 
Yeah. Sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, you're good. But yeah, this it's the same issue that I have. I know objectively that like I that a lot of the the ones where they're a little bit more established as a character is either like usually a lower quality film than the the origin. But most of the time, this is one of those cases where I'm more inclined to watch two versus one. And it's because of how like how much of a good time I have watching this film. I love this film. I think it's so much freaking fun and it still has the emotional moments that you kind of like come to expect from Marvel. But it's done so freaking well, and that's just because James Gunn is a freaking bomb of a director. So my personal score for this, I think I'm going to give a 91. I thought you were going to be a lot higher, actually. I was thinking about it. I. Sorry, I don't mean to. I'm not trying to change your mind. I know you made me question myself. <laughs> My bad. Sorry, <laughs> you bastard. I'm sorry. I'll stick with 91. I'll stick with okay. 91. I, I feel good about it. All right. No, completely. No, it's a good score. Um, yeah, honestly, I I don't really have anything else to add with um with other than just agreeing with everything Caleb said. Um, this is. It's definitely the rare sequel that um, is better than the original and um, or at least to us. Um, and uh, arguably, I'd say it's one of the not only the best sequel in the MCU, but one of the best sequels I've actually seen. Um, just the characters are great. Um, music's great. Just over, overall, just a, a really, really good sequel. And um I remember for for years um, that this was like one of the biggest MCU movies that I always caught myself coming back to uh, because just I just had so much fun with it and I love these characters so much and um, so yeah so personal uh, score I think I'm gonna go slightly higher than Caleb I'm gonna go I'm gonna go a 93 all right. Well, with that, that wraps up this breakdown. So going through these scores real quick. Um, all right, starting off with story, we ended up averaging out to a 94. Um, uh, moving on over to writing, dropped down a couple points, sitting at 92. Uh, acting, we... Did a pretty decent bump uh, up to a 96. Character development wasn't quite as strong as other films, so it ended up being around 84. The effects ended up averaging out to an 88.5. Um, our music, no surprise here, 10 out of 10. Um, our costume score ended up averaging out to an 8 out of 10. And then our personal score ended up averaging to a 92. So with that, the final All Bros letter grade for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 has come out to a... Still got to get a drum oh, noise. Man. Yep. Sorry. I'll, I'll, I'll figure that out. 
<laughs> You're good, man. Let's come out to an A minus. Yes. I was really hoping it would hit an A. Yes. Oh, that makes me so happy. Yeah. It. I won't say barely cracked because I mean it's it's got a like a solid footing in the the A minus range. Our cutoff is ninety. Okay. And this ended up getting a ninety one point four. Okay. So it's not like so right it, on the edge, but it's yeah. It's, it's like I said, there. it's got it's got a firm holding. Yeah. So I'm digging where where it's at. Me too. But yeah, it's uh it's sitting at an A minus. Hell yeah. I love it. Yeah, same here. All right, comparing this to other A minus movies. Let's see. I feel like there's gonna be some hot takes in here. <laughs> it's the kind of stuff we possibly. Love. Yeah. All right, so Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two sitting at a ninety one point four three. Uh, which is an A minus. Everything I'm about to list off is also an A minus movie. It is sitting below the Super Mario Bros. movie. I'm okay with Dude, that. Dude, so so barely. So it's barely. not. It's point zero two percent difference. You know, dude, for how much I love that movie, like I think that it's still my favorite animated movie of the year. Um, I'm okay with that. Yeah, same here. Sorry, I thought I heard a noise outside. No, you're good, man. Um, all right, it's sitting below the Batman. Okay. Which is at a 91.62. It is sitting below Logan, which is at a 91.81. Fair. It is sitting below Our Friend, which is at a 92.12. That's God, that's such a good movie. Yeah. Um, it is sitting below the Eternals, which is at a 92.25. Oh, wow. OK, that's <laughs> OK. We're going to have some pissed off people because um, even I'm going to disagree with that. Uh, Guardians 2 is definitely higher than Eternals. Ah, man, dude. I think you're giving the Eternals way too much shit. It was no, a like, good movie. No, it was. Don't get me wrong. Like they definitely, agree, they definitely deserve to be held on the same pedestal. But I think Guardians a little higher. Like <laughs> I would switch those scores. If it makes you feel better, that it's less than a percentage difference. Like at least a full percent. Okay. Well, all right. Yeah, less than a full percentage. It's a point. I'll take that. Point eight. If I'm doing my, the math properly, it's a 0.8% difference. It is okay. so close. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll, I'll take that. All right. Then lastly, it is below Elvis, which is at a 92.31. I had no idea we ranked Elvis that high. Damn. Yeah. So seriously, to get a full percentage away from Guardians, it's 12 movies. Damn. Okay. Wow. Yeah, and the one that's a full percentage away is uh, Pulp Fiction. Okay, wow. So it is ridiculously close, like Seriously. tight margins. Our A minus, I feel, have like some of the tightest margins. I agree. Yeah, no kidding. All right, going the opposite direction. We put Guardians above Coco. 
which is at a 91.4. Yeah, that's definitely going to make people mad. Yeah, it's above Creed 3, which is at a 91.31. I, I can respect that. It is above Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, which is at a 91.2. It, ooh. It is above Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, which is at 91.12. If there's one that I disagree with, it's that one. All right, fair. But I think that's I think that's because my personal score for it was higher than Guardians. All right. Uh it is also above Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which is at a 91.1. And then it is above How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World, which is at a 91. Okay. So again, tight, tight, tight margins. Yeah. Wow. All right. Like, so going a full percentage away from uh, Guardians. So that's like, let's see, anything above a 90. Yeah, it's 16 movies before you're a full percentage away. Damn. And, okay, wow. Yeah. And it's uh, 1917 is the movie that's Holy the full shit. percentage. Damn, like it, that's insane. Yeah, like I said, the margins here are stupid close. Yeah. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so I'm I'm not too upset with the ranking here. I'm I'm not either. Yeah, I'm I'm pleasantly surprised with this. Yeah. All right. Well, unless you got anything else you want to add about Guardians too. That I do not. All right. Well, I would say that that brings this episode to a close. If you like what you heard and you want to hear more from us, uh, be sure to subscribe uh, or listen to us wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, We are damn near anywhere, everywhere. Uh, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Play, um, or sorry, Google Play, Google Podcasts. Wow. Um, (laughs) All that fun stuff. Um, If you prefer to listen on YouTube, you can catch all of our episodes there. Um, you can follow us on all, all of our social medias. Uh, we are at uh, Facebook, facebook.com forward slash the Albros, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at the Albros. Um, and um, at those places, you can uh, find our questions of the week, um, answer those, uh, recommend uh, movies that you want us to do mini breakdowns on. Um, that's where you can uh, find all of our mini breakdowns. Um, Thank you, Sam. That's very kind of you. We appreciate you listening all this way through two hours. Like, kudos to you for making it this far. I know it's freaking uh, late over there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's later for you, man. I feel bad. Um, yeah. Uh, but um, if you prefer, so that's where you can find all that stuff. If if you prefer to get in contact uh contact with us through email you can do so um that is the albros channel at gmail.com um if you want to uh, check out our uh, merch store you can find it at tpublic.com forward slash user forward slash the albros channel um or you could also check out our website tinyurl.com forward slash the albros uh next week on the podcast uh we will be breaking down a haunting in venice uh the new kenneth Branagh murder mystery so yeah pretty excited about that um so yeah um you guys can look forward to that next week Um, but until then this has been the all bros podcast i'm jonathan and i'm caleb and we will see you guys next week deuces are you
asshole. <laughs> How's it feel, bitch? 